Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. And welcome back, everybody, to the Dynasty Rewind, Season 1, Episode 3. I'm your host, Michael Bauer. Joining me today all the way from Arizona is Shevin Nooney and representing Malone University, Garrett Price. How are you guys doing today? Good. Yeah, How's it good. going, bud? All right. You're not supposed to talk at the same time. One person well, talks you introduced, and the other one. Well, here's the thing. You introduced us both, and then you, then you asked us to say hi. So how, how are we supposed to do it? All right. Do I need to stop recording? Anyway, how are you guys? <laughs> how, how are you guys today? How's everybody doing though? We'll try this Chevin, again. you go first. I'm doing good, man. Glad to be on again with you guys. I'm doing okay. well going second. I'm doing fine. <laughs> you said you like being second. We talked about this. So <laughs> let, let's jump right into the news. A um, couple things related here. Robbie Anderson signs his restricted free agent tender. I believe that was a second round tender. Um, so he could sign his tender to be in Adam Gase's doghouse all season. Garrett, you buying or selling Robbie Anderson? Which, by the way, everybody, we're going to be talking a lot of buying and selling this week. Um, I ooh, That's a good question. Because I am buying Robbie Anderson in the sense of there, there, needs, to be, there needs to be a number one target for Sam Darnold. He looked good at the end of last year. Looked like they were building some chemistry, but Adam Gase is nuts. So I don't like. I don't know what to do with Robbie Anderson. It's hard to trust any Jet. Like we don't even know if Le'Veon Bell is going to be on the team in a few weeks. Like, so it's it's tough to trust anything that's going on there. So I'm buying with hesitancy. Okay. And speaking of Le'Veon Bell, great segue. The Jets have fired their GM Mike. Mike Mc, what, however you say his last name, the Jets <laughs> fired their GM. I don't know. I can't say it. Sorry, it's late. Uh, he was the guy, the architect that brought in Le'Veon Bell. Um, he was the guy that ran their draft. He was the one that brought Adam Gase in, and now there seems to be some sort of internal power struggle, and he's not there anymore. So, Shevin, do you have any Lev Bell uh, ownership anywhere? I personally don't, and now I'm glad I don't because it looks like he could be on the outside looking in. Yeah, I don't have any Le'Veon Bell uh, ownership yet. Uh, I'm probably not going to go for it anyways. But, I mean, like we were saying, Adam Gase is just absolutely crazy at the moment. I mean, I understand he probably didn't want to spend that much money for Le'Veon Bell and uh, the other free agents that they acquired. But, I mean, you got a guy that is just overthrowing the power of everybody now. I mean, uh, but Le'Veon Bell, I think he's in, he's in a bad situation with Gase as his uh, offensive coordinator and all that good stuff. So, Definitely worried about what uh, that situation is going to look like for him. I'm just worried mostly if he stays, is this Kenyon Drake 2.0? Wasted potential and wasted talent. On the other side of the ball, they traded Darren Lee to Kansas City for a 2026th. Kind of reminds me of the Jordan Howard to Philadelphia trade. Just here, take this quality player for nothing. Uh, I think he's expendable because of the C.J. Mosley signing. So C.J. Mosley is going to eat. 
look out for him in IDP leagues, everybody. Uh, so on the IDP front, also, the Cardinals have found out that Patrick Peterson is going to be suspended for... Now, this is weird. Sleeper, I got an update from, said eight games. I checked ESPN and the NFL Network, and they said six games. So I'm just going to go with six to eight games. Well, you know what? He's going to be suspended for seven games. Why not? Um, so this is going to be huge. Uh, I don't think the Cardinals were going to have much of a shot to stop anybody anyway. So look for a lot of shootouts for Kyler Murray. Um, so how about now we go and do a price check? Boop, boop. Oops, sorry. We still don't have sound effects, everybody. So that's the, the little price check thing. Garrett, what do you have for us this week? All right. This week in our price check, I'm doing it a little different. Normally, I, I, I talk about a specific player's ADP. Um, but what I want to talk about today is the price of the top three running backs, the rookie running backs that you can take in 2019. So I want to look at this from two, two perspectives. One, I'm a big Josh Jacobs truther. I, I think he is the best running back in the class. Love his situation. Love his talent. We've talked about this before. I'm not going to belabor the point. However, I know that I am not alone in my love for Josh Jacobs, and I would say in most drafts that I've seen, he is the 1-1. There are exceptions. Um, the other two I've seen go uh, as well as I've seen um, times where Nikhil Harry has gone in that situation. So, that being said, if Josh Jacobs is, is the true number one and people love him, the difference between him and Montgomery and Sanders, I don't think the gap is that big. And so if somebody is willing to trade you a quality player in addition to uh, the, the second pick, third pick, or fourth pick in order to get one of those guys, I have zero issue trading out of the 1-1 in order to be able to pick up one of those guys uh, along with a quality player. I did this in a league recently where I was able to pick up Hunter Henry. There was more to the deal, but basically it boiled down to I was able to pick up Hunter Henry in 1-3 for the 1-1. So that way I'm guaranteed to get one of those running backs still, but I picked up a quality tight end in the process to do so. So if you are in one of those situations where people just love Josh Jacobs, think he's the clear far and away one and are willing to, to deal for it, I have no issue doing that. So that's just a way to be able to utilize the different assets in your league and, and people's love for a certain player. On on the opposite end, knowing that chances are the next running back that comes off the board, opportunity-wise, is way far behind those three. So most leagues, you probably won't even see another running back in the first round, maybe one at the very end of your first round. So if you're at let's say you're at 1-4 and there's only one of those running backs left, utilize that opportunity and say, look, this is the last running back on the board that's going to be able to help you in 2019. Somebody wants to come up and get him, let me know. If not, cool, take it. Take the last running back in the class. But somebody will be, uh, I would say in most cases, somebody will be willing to overpay to get back in to get one of those top running backs. So utilize those things to your advantage. The running back class uh, isn't deep overall, so use those things to your advantage. Well, Garrett, thank you. I do have one question for you, though. Uh, you said Hunter Henry is a quality tight end, right? Yeah. Um, you know, he didn't play at all last year, and injuries seemed to kind of be his thing. He maxed out in 2017 at 579 yards with four touchdowns. I'm, j I'm sorry. 
I'm just not buying the Hunter Henry hype like everybody else. You're is. a Hunter I, Henry he hater. Me. Wow. I, I mean, I'm that, Triple H then. That yeah. I mean that's that's fine. That was an example. I'm a Hunter Henry truther. I actually think of the next tier after the top three that he's at the top of that class. I think um, his his pedigree, his his raw athleticism, his ability, and being in a system that clearly knows how to use the tight end well. I believe that he's going to have an awesome, awesome year. So, um, but yeah, that that was just an example player. Say, say you really like. Um, oh, I'm trying to think of another good quality player that would be. Um, you know, you've talked about it before. You love Dante Pettis. If somebody Huge said fan. that, yeah. If somebody said, "Hey, I'll give you the one three and Dante Pettis to move up to one one," so, I have no issue with that. You know, yes. it's it's that type of idea. Sign me up. By all means. Garrett, is that all for the price check this week? That is all for the price check. We thank you very much for uh, bringing the knowledge. Unfortunately, it looks like Shevin had to drop out for a minute. He's going to join us back as soon as he can. Uh, And, hey, look, he's back. Um, Welcome back, Shevin. But um, in case you haven't done it already, uh, Garrett and I, you know, we're both Dynasty Nerds writers, so make sure you join the Nerd Herd. There's a lot more cool stuff on there that you can't hear or see you get more garrett and you get to see me do some idp rankings once everything's sorted out so be patient with that uh but for a cup of coffee a month that i don't get to drink you get to join the nerd herd so moving on from that we are going to play a little game called buy sell keep just came up with three guys here um you know who who would you buy sell and keep it it's pretty cut and dry so we're gonna start with the first one um let's give Garrett, a really, really, really good one. Okay, Garrett, this is the best one that I have. Okay. Buy, buy, sell, keep. Alex Collins, Tyreek Hill, and Kelvin Benjamin. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, uh. So here's, remember here's, what here's, I remember when I told you I was going to start showing my personality more. Yeah, yeah, I see well, that your personality be careful. is a jerk. Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> um, okay, so buy. <laughs> See, the hard part is you're going to make me say the guy that I don't want to buy. I'm trying to sell him at all costs. But there's no, I can't think of a single scenario where I would want to buy Kelvin Benjamin or buy Alex <laughs> Collins. Like, would you I can't buy, think of a single scenario. <laughs> would you buy Kelvin Benjamin a cheeseburger? <laughs> you know what? Here's the thing. He probably already bought the cheeseburger himself, so I don't uh. need to buy it for him. <laughs> um, I guess... I hate this. Buy Tyreek Hill, I guess. And uh, Keep Kelvin Benjamin. Cut Alex Collins. Oh, that made my day. That was great. Shevin, do you agree with what Garrett said there? Sure, whatever whatever gets us to the next segment, please move on, please. I'm All right, sick. well, you know what? I got one for just for Shevin here. Um, this is yeah. an all it's an all Bears one, so I did one for you as well, Garrett, with the Browns, of course. Um, Shevin, buy, sell, keep. Allen Robinson, David Montgomery, or Mitchell Trubisky. Oh, I'm definitely gonna buy David Montgomery. I definitely love his potential. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, Probably going to sell 
Allen Robinson he probably has a little more value than uh, what Trubisky would have if we're talking about one QB and just cut Trubisky. Okay. Nice. Garrett, what do you think about that one? Well, is it cut or keep? Oh, it's buy, sell, keep. Sorry. Oh, shoot. So, sorry. Yeah, guy, I'm sorry. Uh, guy, you're just kind of stashing or keeping and playing however you want it to be. Um. Yeah, see, yeah, that makes it that makes it tougher because yeah. it's easier just to cut one of them. But. Yeah. Right, but at the same point in time, this isn't redraft, so I probably should have been more specific because in dynasty, part of the strategy is not necessarily sure. playing guys, but making sure that other people can't play them, which is something that I utilize as often as I can. You sure. Know, obviously, roster space permitting. So, do you want to rethink your uh, buy sell keep, Shevin? No, I'll just keep it the same. I I think if you have Trubisky on your roster, he has a good chance to possibly blow up uh, this next season, being his second year. So, I'll just leave it the same. I think I think it's I think it's fine. Yeah, I actually um I do have a couple of Trubisky shares uh, in a couple of different leagues. So, um I think I, there was a bunch of places I paired him and Garoppolo together, which I think could be a good one-two punch for me. Um, let's go to Garrett now. Buy, sell, keep on these guys. Odell Beckham Jr., Baker Mayfield, and Nick Chubb. Whew. Man, I uh, my, my heart skipped a beat just hearing those names. Everybody, this might be Garrett's last podcast. I think he hates me now. No, no, I don't hate you. It just, it just warmed <laughs> my heart just hearing all those names together. It's tough, like, yeah. On the same team. It's just beautiful. Uh, Super Bowl champs, 2019. Um, okay. Oh, so, I didn't know they played the Super Bowl in 2019 already. Oh, uh, whatever. You know what I meant. <laughs> uh, 2020 Super Bowl chance for the 2019 season. Uh, anyway, um, I'm going to say, is this is this standard scoring or is this super flex? Uh, let's just go with uh, one quarterback, one point PPR. Okay. Um, I'm going to say I'm going to buy – Nick Chubb, uh, because I think that there are people that wrongly assume that he is not going to be the bell cow back. So I think he'll be the cheapest to acquire, even though he has first round value. Um, I'm keeping Odell Beckham Jr. Um, and then, unfortunately, even though he's legitimately my favorite player in football right now, I'm probably selling Baker Mayfield. The hype is so high, and you can get so much for him. Probably. Ugh. Don't 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 repeat this, because um, I'll, I'll lie and I'll say that I never actually said this. But uh, you can probably sell him for more than he's actually worth, and so I would okay. sell Baker Mayfield. Um, I actually agree with all that. And Rich just sent me a message. He's asking me to mute your mic. Uh, so I don't even know how he heard it. But <laughs> Shevin, I think thought? I'm looking for a new organization to work for now. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! Okay, that's Rich won't let me in anymore. What? No. Uh, Shevin, your thoughts on the buy sell keep for these three guys? Yeah, I definitely like it. For one QB leagues, I mean, one of my strategies, and it's actually paid off in one of my leagues where I just get two really good quarterbacks, and during the offseason, I trade one away for great assets. So, I mean, definitely think if you're trying to sell Baker in a one QB league now, I think you can get high volume. I mean, look at the offense around him. Somebody's going to pay up for him, you know? So, definitely, definitely like the uh, way Garrett thought about that. That's actually a really good point. We had a guy in my one league. <clears throat> this last draft, he drafted Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, and Josh Rosen. And everyone thought he was nuts. 
but throughout the season he had a lot of injuries and he was able to flip a lot of these guys and get good picks back and stay in playoff contention so um, it's one of those things if you have a quarterback you need one if you have a running back you need one same with any position this isn't redraft you always need something in the future and injuries happen um, so I'm going to throw this out to both of you guys these are three of my favorite wide receivers Mike Williams Dante Pettis and Cortland Sutton you, you, go, you first. go first Chef Chef what do you think alright um, mostly because I don't want to yeah, this is this is definitely a tough one. So this uh, is hard. Yeah, I think I'm gonna buy Dante Pettis, uh, just cause I think uh, getting Debo there, I think he's gonna help open up him for his offensive play. I think I'm gonna sell uh, Mike Williams. I think he's gonna he's gonna do all right, but I think uh, you can get a little more for him than you could Corlin Sutton at the moment, just cause Joe Flacco. Uh, doesn't have that deep ball threat, uh, but definitely would like to have Corlin Sutton on my team too. So this, this is definitely a tough one for me, um, but I think I, I agree with uh, what I said, so I'm going to stick with it. And that seems to be on par with what I've been noticing this offseason. Um, I've been able to acquire Dante Pettis relatively affordably. Everybody wants Mike Williams for me, but mm-hmm. nobody will budge on Cortland Sutton. So... You seem to be right in line with everything I'm coming across. Garrett, do you have any anything to add? Like, Are you dealing with any of these three guys? Do you stay away from them? Do you agree with what Shevin said? No, I overall I agree with what, what Shevin said and the logic behind it. I am I'm probably going to differ a little bit. Uh, I am keeping Cortland Sutton. I think the best is yet to come. It's a good situation. I think he's going to be the guy there. Um, and, and don't don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's a great situation in the sense of like Joe Flacco is a great quarterback and Locke's going to be you know the man or anything like that. Um, but I think he has a real chance to be the number one receiver, and so that's why I'm saying that. But I am actually probably buying Mike Williams. I think there's enough there's enough haters out there that believe that he. I don't think they realize how good he is, and I actually have a sneaky suspicion that. In the not-so-distant future, he's going to be the number one there. Um, so, I mean, we we got to remember he was a top-ten draft pick. So, I, I think I'm buying Mike Williams. And I actually have bought him in a couple places this year. Um, and I think I'm going to sell Dante Pettis. Now, this goes against my typical philosophy because normally I would rather send uh, away the one that's going to bring me the most in return. Um, and I don't necessarily think that's true. I don't think Pettis would be the one to fetch me the most. But I do worry a little bit. I actually think that Debo might end up being um, the one, whereas mm-hmm. Pettis will end up being more the two. Plus, we also have to remember George Kittle is there as well. So I think that's the route I'm going. Not that I hate it any other way. I think all these you can make a good argument for any one of these three guys in any spot. But I think that's what I'm doing. Okay. Um, I do agree with that, and, you know, everybody wants to have a number one wide receiver on their team, and I get that, but number two receivers can still be valuable. Um, Look at a guy like Sterling Shepard in years past. So, you know, I I would tell people don't stray away. Me personally, um, I'm buying Dante Pettis just for the reason that I think everyone's going to be thinking along the same lines as Garrett. Debo's going to be the number one, so I think you could get him cheaper. 
I'm going to sell Mike Williams, even though I haven't been this year. So everyone that is listening to this and you're in a league with me, he's not for sale. But theoretically, if I were to sell anyone, it would be him. I think the return could be more, and I would keep Cortland Sutton. Um, here's, a, here's another one. DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, and Tyler Lockett. Let's start with Garrett. Um, I tried to make these as hard as I could. Yeah, too, no, this was a good one. It's funny mm-hmm. because you have actually hit a. I did one. I didn't know, you know, how many you were you were going to need until I did one. And so it's funny. Uh, two of two of the guys that we've talked about between these last two were two of the guys that I had brought up in mind. So it's interesting you say that. So you said Tyler Lockett, Curtis Samuel, and who was the other one? DJ Moore. DJ Moore. Okay, I am probably keeping DJ Moore. Uh, I think he's the best receiver of the three. Um, and I think he has the most upside as well of the three. So I'm keeping DJ Moore. I'm buying Curtis Samuel. I actually really, really like Curtis Samuel. Um, Me too. I've, I've bought him in most of my leagues. I've drafted him uh, in most of my leagues. And so I've been all over him. I think people I think people slept on, on how good he actually was when he – got the opportunity last year and I don't I just don't think people realized it because Cam was down and Olsen was gone and different things like that so uh, and then I'm probably selling Tyler Lockett I'm not sold that what he did last year was sustainable Uh, I think he's a good player and he has a good quarterback throwing him the football but the numbers that he put up on such few targets are really really tough to repeat if there's anybody that could do it it's that offense Uh, they're very efficient in the passing game, but I I don't want to bet on that. Well, in the NFL, you can't go back to the same well too many times because defenses are going to catch up, and yep. they have a much bigger vertical threat there now with DK. So it, it's curious to see how that goes. Speaking of, before I go to get Chevin's in, input on this, somebody wants to get Curtis Samuel off me, and they offered me a 2021 third-round pick straight up for Curtis Samuel. That's insulting. Yeah, I'm definitely not taking that at all. He's telling me that this is purely a depth move for him and that I could get similar value with the 2021 third. Is is this the guy that was trying to get carry on for the depth move? Is this the same guy? Different league. No, it is not the same guy. But same mentality, it seems. Yeah. No, I honestly, I would need, if I'm looking at it based on the 2019 class right now, I'm probably taking Curtis Samuel at the tail end of the first or beginning of the second round in this class. Right. I told him I won't do it for anything less than a 2022nd, to which he replied, I don't have one. And then I said, that's not my problem. So um, (laughs) before, (laughs) well, it's true. You ask what I want. I tell you, you don't have it. Okay, then we move on. Yeah. So, Shevin, before we move on, though, what do you think about DJ Moore, Samuel, and Tyler Lockett? Yeah, I definitely agree with Garrett on what he said. Tyler Lockett's definitely going to have a tough time trying to reproduce what he did last season. Uh, but he also did lose um, uh, Baldwin this last season, too. So I don't know where he fits into that offense at the moment, especially with DK Metcalf there, too. I'm guessing they're going to try to get him the ball uh, a little more than DK is going to try to get it. So uh, definitely uh, love what Garrett said had, had to say about Curtis Samuel. Uh, Curtis Samuel was having... He was starting to break out a little bit, and then it seems like every time he tries to break out, is some injury just pops up uh, for him. So definitely hope he can stay healthy and kind of uh, keep that consistency going. So definitely like uh, Sam moving forward. Okay. Uh, 
Do you guys have you ever heard of the term Talia? Nope. You know I don't speak Spanish. It's not a Spanish term. No. Uh, actually, some, <laughs> more of an Anchorman quote, but all right. Some some friends of mine over at the Backrow Fantasy Show, uh, Barker and Arms, they came up with this Talia. Tight end landscape is atrocious. Um, so that brings us to my next one: buy, sell, keep. Kittle, Kelsey, or Ertz. It's a good one. Chev, you want to go first this time? Yeah, I'll go first. So I uh, think for me, I'm gonna keep. Kittle. I just love uh, what uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to bring to that offense. I mean, he's going to have more weapons around him this next season, so uh, I think we'll still see the same production uh, for Kittle, though. Um, Sell, I'm probably going to sell Travis Kelsey, just because I think he has uh, a a bigger sell opportunity now, just because Patrick Mahomes is his quarterback, and he did uh, crush it last season. And then by believe that's what I'm on so I'm gonna buy uh, Ertz I definitely think um, Wentz is gonna want to get him the ball Uh, not sure Goddard's gonna brush past him this season but I think uh, Ertz is gonna have a good season uh, being one of um, Wentz's bigger targets in the red zone stuff like that so definitely definitely think that's how it's gonna work out for me Garrett Uh, I'm struggling with this one a lot it's this very is a tough. tough one. Yeah, this is a this is a really tough one. I think I, Chevin brought it up. Uh, I think I'm a little more concerned about Goddard, um, and so I think I might be selling Ertz um, if somebody still, especially if somebody still has him in the exact same tier, because I might actually have a tier of Kelsey and Kittle. And then like a tiny itty bitty tear break with Ertz, and it's mm-hmm. it's solely based on that that opportunity um, that I think is going to be cut into. It's not it's not on talent or anything like that because the dude's a freaking stud. Um, but I but I do think Goddard is as well. So I'm probably selling Ertz. I'm probably I'm probably asking who do you value more, Kittle or Kelsey. And whichever one they value more, that's the one I'm just gonna keep, and I'll buy the uh, yeah. I'll buy the cheaper one, because <laughs> I think okay. I think depending on who you ask, some people value Kelsey higher, and some people uh, value Kittle higher, and so I'm just solely feeling out like, hey, which one can I buy cheaper, and that's the one I'm buying. I yeah. mean, this is a tough one. If I had the option, I would sell all three of them, just yeah. because you're gonna get good return. I, I really don't even know how to go. I guess I would probably sell Kittle. Just because I think his value is so high right now, and I don't think he's going to duplicate what he did last year. Just, yeah, they have so many more weapons this year. I guess I would. Uh, Here's the thing: like, if you want Ertz, you better have Goddard on your roster as well. Because I mean, he's 100%. he's just as good as a talent too. So I mean. You gotta have both of those guys, cause I mean, Philadelphia—they've been known to trade players away at some point too to get some value back. I mean, you know, that's this is how I feel on that situation. It's a good point. I would say Ertz is definitely going to be on the team this year, and I understand what you're saying. I've seen it, obviously firsthand. Been an Eagles mm-hmm. fan my whole life. Yeah. So Ertz is definitely there. 2020. After that, you know, he he could definitely very easily be wearing another uniform. I mean, he could take over for Austin Hooper in Atlanta, for all I know. Um, Shut but your the, mouth. 
<laughs> the good thing about being the host of the show is I don't have to actually answer that question, and I can move on to the next one. Um, so we're going to start with Garrett this time. Buy, sell, keep. Alvin Kamara, Ezekiel Elliott, or Christian McCaffrey? Jeez. Uh, let, let me say this. <laughs> well, no, okay, never mind. I'm not going to say that. But <laughs> I am... I am selling. I'm selling Christian McCaffrey. Uh, here's here's why. I mean, all three of these guys are legitimate studs. Um, you could make a good argument for any of them being the second best running back in the NFL behind uh, Saquon Barkley, or maybe not even the best, but the most valuable. Um, I'm selling McCaffrey strictly because when you look at the amount of snaps that that guy took last year. It's astronomical. I mean, there were games where he legitimately took almost every single snap, which is unheard of in today's NFL. Even if you're not getting the ball, you're still moving, running, blocking, running a route. Like, you're doing something on every single play. And you're so, getting some sort of contact. Exactly. Um, I've heard he's beefed up, uh, which is great. But I, I do wonder if at some point that they're going to diminish his workload a little bit once you know cam's healthy and you know they have the the backups in place that they want and all that kind of stuff so i do worry that that's going to go down a little bit um i'm probably keeping zeke um he's i mean he's just been a mainstay of fantasy the past three seasons four seasons whatever it's been and he's he's an absolute workhorse and he's shown that he's able to to be a good receiver this year they've actually used him a little bit more in the passing game so i'm probably keeping him I'm buying Kamara. Uh, in real life, I, I look to try to buy Kamara. It's really hard to because he's so expensive, and if you're the owner of Kamara, you really have no desire to sell him in any way, shape, or form. But the good part is he's put up these crazy numbers even with a part-time workload. And so if we get more of the Alvin Kamara we saw the first four games versus what we saw the rest of the season, where the rest of the season he was still great. I mean, he was still an amazing running back, but those first four games – he basically single-handedly won people their weeks. And so if if I have an opportunity to buy him, I'm, I'm trying to do that. Uh, you are right absolutely about how expensive Kamara is. I have him in a couple places, and I'm just, I can't get an offer that I think is what his value is sure. worth. Yep. Chev, what do you think about these guys? I'm probably going to go the same way with Garrett. Uh, only thing different, maybe you could flip-flop Zeke and Kamara for the buy and keep. I mean, that's the easy thing just because Zeke didn't maybe put up the touchdown numbers that we thought he was going to put up. Uh, I know having him on one of my teams, he was always consistent with the catches and all that good stuff, but he just didn't seem to produce the touchdowns last season. So, I mean, if somebody's down on him because of that or because he has legal issues too, so – uh, maybe you could get him a little cheaper. I'm not 100% sure, That's but both of, both of those guys are great to have on your team. And also, I mean, Chris McCaffrey's great too, but you can probably get a lot of value for him because he's basically the only back there unless you think uh, Elijah Holyfield's going to take some snaps from him. So <laughs> I don't see that happening. I doubt it. But do you guys remember when McCaffrey came into the league, how they said he can't be a workhorse back, he can't be a three-down back? Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, well, I think he's proved everybody wrong here. Um, so I do have a couple more here, but let's do this. Let's not. Um, let's just run through them quick. Just 
maybe just a brief explanation so we can get to some other stuff here. Um, here's another reason for you guys to hate me. Shevin, we're going to start with you. Lamar Miller, Shady McCoy, or Peyton Barber? You. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Um, I'm probably going to try to sell... Um, let's go with McCoy just because he might have a little bit of um, trade value just because he might be traded. You never know. He might be cut, so he might get his own team. Um, or he might, he might be a buy. I don't know. Uh, sell Lamar Miller just because he has the opportunity to be there, but he's not going to be a guy that's going to have that job for long until Foreman gets there. And then what's the last one? Keep for Peyton Barber just because he does have a good opportunity to be the number one guy there with um, old Ronald Jones. So that was an ugly one, though. You, <laughs> uh, Garrett, do yeah. you want to chime in on this? Yeah, that was an ugly one, but I, I would have picked the exact same thing Shevin picked. Okay. Uh, I actually do agree with both of you guys there. Uh, so let's go to some young quarterbacks here. Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, and Mitchell Trubisky. And we're going to start with Garrett this time. This one's much easier for me because I am not a Lamar truther. And so Same. I'm selling I'm selling the Lamar uh, Jackson shares to whoever thinks that he is the second coming of Michael Vick. Uh, I'm selling it to that guy because there seems to be one in every league. So I'm selling them to that guy. Um, keep I'm probably keeping Josh Allen. I think he has probably – he's probably the m- – it's arguable, but he's probably the most expensive of that group other than Jackson. So I'm probably probably keeping him, and then I'll buy Trubisky. Okay. Shevin? I don't know. I think – I don't know if Trubisky's going to be a little cheaper than Allen just because I don't know if he has the same amount of weapons around him, but definitely feel the same way as Garrett. Okay. Uh, let's see here. We got just two more quick ones. Andy Dalton, Philip Rivers, and Marcus Mariota. Um, definitely getting. I'm gonna sell Mariota for anything I can get. Really, uh, gonna probably buy Andy Dalton because he he does have good uh, he does have good wide receivers and a good running back that can catch out of the backfield too. So he's probably the cheapest out of that guy. And then who is the last guy? Uh, Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers. Yeah, I'll keep Philip Rivers because he's definitely got a good little nucleus around him too. So. I definitely like those two quarterbacks as uh, better than the cell. Yep, I agree. Okay, Garrett's on the same page. And last one, this is all 49ers. Tevin Coleman, Jarek McKinnon, and Matt Breda. (laughs) Yes, I knew this was going to be a tough one too. Yeah, I am – I'm buying Matt Breda. I actually really like Matt Breda. I know that there are some injury concerns with him, but they never seem to really – What's that? He's a tough. He's a tough dude, though. Yep, and that's what I was gonna say. They never really seem to keep him down. Like he just, he fights through whether he's fully healthy or not. So, uh, I like Brita a lot, and I, I have some sneaky shares of him, and I'm hoping they pan out. Uh, I'm probably keeping Tevin Coleman, and I'm selling Jarek McKinnon. I know that uh, the the Jarek McKinnon truthers are are strong and they are loud. And if you are one of those people, that's fine. You know, uh, your your guess is as good as mine in this backfield. Uh, I've just never really believed in the talent of Jarek McKinnon. Uh, I've seen 
Tevin Coleman look like a real RB1 at times. I know he didn't this year, but he's been reunited with Shanahan, and so I'd much rather keep him and sell McKinnon. Okay. Shevin? Yeah, McKinnon's got that ACL tear from last season, I believe, so I definitely could see him kind of start off a little slow. I mean, I know it's been a long time for him to recover, but uh, usually that first season back from the ACL is a little tough to come back from. Okay. Um, How did I do in the buy-sell-keep? Do you guys hate me yet? You kicked my butt, shoot. Just that first one. I hated you for that first one. The rest weren't too bad. You're welcome. I hated you for that first one. So before we go and find out who is the master debater, I would like to say if you do not follow Shevin on Twitter, you should. He did update his rankings, which I'm going to give to you right now. Uh, 1 through 15, Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery, Nikhil Harry, Miles Sanders, TJ Hawkinson, Debo Samuel, Paris Campbell, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, A.J. Brown, Noah Fant, D.K. Metcalf, Hakeem Butler, Kelvin Harmon, Justice Hill, and at number 15, Hollywood Brown. I know that wasn't on the show sheet for you guys, but I wanted to give everybody Shevin's updated rankings. Um, You're welcome, everyone. So if you don't follow Shevin, Shevin, what's your Twitter handle again, please? It's at Shevin, C-H-E-V-I-N, Nooney, N-O-O-N-E. All right, thank you. So we're talking about debates here and Garrett and I have been talking about doing this for a while and now's the perfect time we're going fanboy here we're debating players from our favorite teams Bears, Shevin's a Bears fan Garrett is a Browns fan I'm an Eagles fan so this isn't any research this is just like if we were basically sitting in a bar cracking beers talking to our buddies that's basically see i had to i had to be authentic here that was good Uh, that was good yes i've been saving this beer too the whole time i gotta be honest with you it is not soda so uh the first debate that we have is we're gonna go shevin versus garrett alan robinson versus jarvis landry the good thing is about all this, like, our teams are actually good now because there was a point where right. all of our teams were like, eh, do I really want anybody from our teams? Not really. So like if, so. if we would have done this in, like, 1997, oh, I don't geez. think it would have been as much fun. Well, it would have been not as fun for me at all because we didn't have a team in 97. <laughs> I thought it was 99 that. 99 we oh, came they, back. They came back. That's right. Um, all right. Well, let's see. In 97, Ray Rhodes was still the coach of the Eagles, and John Gruden was the offensive coordinator. So I forgot he was there. Well, you know, the funny thing is I live about 20 minutes away from Lehigh University, which is where they had their training camp. If you would have went there when Ray Rhodes was the head coach, you would have, and you wouldn't have known anything about the Philadelphia Eagles, you would have thought John Gruden was the head coach. He was running around screaming at everybody, and Ray Rhodes and another uh, – assistant were smoking cigars off on the side so <laughs> fun fact i saw it with my own eyes uh but let's let's go uh shevin and garrett what do you guys got alan robinson versus jarvis landry well, let's start with shevin i want to hear what he has to say about this yeah so alan robinson is a guy that kind of came up slow this last season he didn't start off too hot uh i'm gonna blame that on his acl injury the i believe it was the year before is that correct uh yeah. yes yes so, and, and he's coming into a new offense as well. So, I mean, uh, having that ACL injury and trying to come back from that and then also uh, coming into a new system and trying to learn all that, uh, I know when I followed the, the team really close in training camp that he wasn't doing too much. There, He would have off days. He would have um, 
just injury update days where he would just sit out and kind of just watch and do the walkthroughs. But he wasn't actually getting out there and uh, making the plays like uh, all the other wide receivers were. So I definitely think he's going to progress this next season. Uh, he's probably going to be our number one wide receiver. So uh, other than Jarvis, he's got Odo there now. So, um, But I really do love the potential that Allen Robinson has. He's a guy that made some big plays for us. Uh, in our playoff game and he's also came up clutch at the end of the season as well so I really look forward to him kind of hopefully staying healthy and and him getting that chance to come back from the ACL injury in his second year and kind of make his name again like he did in Jacksonville when I believe he had like 15 touchdowns or so so uh, he's going to have a great opportunity to do that but there's a lot of mouths to feed as well so not 100% sure if he's going to get the type of wide receiver uh, numbers as well. It's tough because I do actually like Allen Robinson, uh, so I wish I got to debate against a different player because I'm I'm in his I'm in his corner for a lot of different uh, d- a lot of different things. But here's the thing about Jarvis Landry: Jarvis Landry was unequivocally the man when he was in Miami. He was a target monster, PPR king, um, did all kinds of things that you would like to see. Had a little bit of a dip this past year, but but let's remember let's remember all of the things that were going on in Cleveland last year. First of all. You came on to a Hugh Jackson football team. Ugh. That that in and of itself just screams, like, get out. Like, I mean, it was just a bad situation. So they switch, uh, not only switch head coaches, they also switch offensive coordinators partway through the year. You have a rookie quarterback that played incredible, especially given the situation. But at the end of the day, he was still a rookie quarterback that – you know, was working a lot of times with the second team. He didn't get all the reps with with um, with Jarvis Landry like you would like you would want, and so all of the things got kind of muddied and um, didn't didn't work out too great. But here's the thing: he was still he still got 81 receptions and just under a thousand yards. The thing that killed you was the touchdowns were a little bit on the low side with four. But here's what I'm expecting: Jarvis Landry doesn't profile as a number one receiver on a on an NFL team. He profiles much better as a guy that is versatile but can come a lot out of the slot that is going to catch a lot of things over the middle because there's so much going on on the rest of the field and he can go a little bit unnoticed and kill you um, doing that with, with just some crazy acrobatic catches. And I think that's what's going to happen this season. You're going to have OBJ taking the top off all the focus is going to be on him. Double teams, um, the defensive slanting towards him, scheming for him, linebackers looking for him. Like That's where the focal point is going to be. Not to mention, you have a great running game, and you have a good tight end in David Njoku. So there's going to be so much going on in this offense that it'll be easy to forget about um, Jarvis Landry. See, I already forgot about Jarvis Landry. I almost said Odell. <laughs> that's, that's how much is going on. And so... I think I think Jarvis Landry will be able to thrive playing doing the underneath things being the PPR monster that made him a wide receiver one in fantasy football. I don't know that he'll necessarily get quite to that point cuz I don't know that the volume will will be be there for that. But I think to to think that he'll no longer be a wide receiver too is is absurd and I think he's going to have a better season than a lot of people realize. Mm-hmm. Can I can I just chime in? Here yeah. real quick um, as long as you, you agree bas- with me sure well you basically just said that Jarvis <laughs> Landry is better because he's not a number one receiver yeah but you're, you're arguing against the number one receiver but here's the thing 
if if you're telling me that you can get the number one receiver in an offense that's not going to throw the ball a ton, that's mm-hmm. not going to be as efficient, then I would rather take the two. Like if, if you're telling me, okay, do you want the second receiver in Minnesota or do you want the first receiver in Jacksonville right now? I want the second receiver in Minnesota. Well, so, plus we don't even we don't even know who the first receiver in Jacksonville is. I would assume it's D.D. Westbrook, but I don't know. Yeah, it's tough to say. But I was just using that example. So I think to say that unequivocally, I always want the number one receiver in a passing offense than the number two, I think would be somewhat of a fallacy. Well, he's only going to be the number two as long as Odell's the number one. And Odell can only be the number one if he doesn't get into a fight with a cooling fan on the sideline. <laughs> so... See, this is this is your Eagles bias coming out. You you had to watch him out on New York sideline too long. <laughs> I, I'm sorry that that is the most lasting um, impression I have of Odell Beckham. And they kept, the funny thing is that game they kept playing it over and over and over yeah. again too, to the point where it was like, um, can we watch the game now? So before we move on to the next one, Chevin, do you have any anything else to offer up to that? I don't have anything. I'm, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I I rather have Landry. I'm just gonna be completely honest. Are you serious? I, I'm completely honest. Dude, like, we're going. I did. I know. I'm sorry, but you gotta bless him. I mean, if you <laughs> watch Hard Knocks. I, fe- I fell is... in love with him, but oh man, I well, know. I know. I it's a debate, but you. Oh my. Ugh. I'm glad you weren't on the debate team in high school. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I could say. All right. Well. Then this should be an easy victory for me. Up next is myself versus Chevin, and I'm going to take the side of Miles Sanders, and he is going to take the side of David Montgomery. Ooh, would you I'm like to go first, Chevin? No, I'm, def- like- I'm definitely going to win this one. Okay. I definitely have a lot more uh, better feelings about Montgomery. All right, well, so, then I'll tell you what. Go ahead, give it to me. What do you got? All right, so, yeah, so David Montgomery is going to come into an offense that needs that guy to have that three-down opportunity. Uh, to give Tyreek uh, Cohen a little breather sometimes as well. So definitely love that he's coming into a situation where they did trade the guy uh, to the Eagles um, and uh, that he's going to be a guy that can catch passes out of the backfield. He's going to be able to be out there uh, when he's just pass blocking. I don't think Tyreek Cohen's going to be able to do that. So I definitely see Montgomery getting as many opportunities as possible. I mean, we traded our number one running back to go get somebody. So I feel like Nagy uh, sees a lot out of David Montgomery. I think he sees a lot of Kareem Hunt out of him. Uh, I'm not sure how you guys feel about that, but I feel like uh, David Montgomery is definitely close to what Kareem Hunt uh, abilities are pretty much. So really love that he's going to get the opportunity to, to get Coach Nagy and that great offensive mind to put him in uh, beautiful situations. I mean, we're going to see him in the goal line. Like, we're not going to see – we're not going to see Tariq Cohen at the one-yard line. You're just not going to see that unless it's a passing play uh, or he's, it's a, a little fake and he's going to do a throw with Tariq Cohen. That's the only time I can see that. So, I mean, I really love David Montgomery. He's coming into a great situation. I'm uh, really excited to see what he can do this next season. All I can say is Miles Booby Sanders is the man. Now, I understand that you think that David Montgomery could be a three-down back. And everyone's worried about Miles Sanders and Philadelphia and running back by committee. Thing is, it's a running back by committee for now. They've never had a number one running back since Shady McCoy. That was well before Doug Peterson was there. If there's a team that can utilize their players efficiently, that's the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, they even made Jay Ajayi look good. They made LeGarrette Blunt look good. 
They won a Super Bowl, in case you guys didn't know. Did you guys know that? It was February 4th, 2018, in case you're wondering. I might still be hungover. That being said, Miles Sanders played in the Big Ten. He played against good schools. Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State. Sometimes Nebraska's okay. Most of the time, no. David Montgomery played at Iowa State. I don't even know where Iowa State is. Don't say Iowa. I get that, but... In the grand scheme of things, you know, in Iowa, I don't know where it is. If he wasn't behind Saquon Barkley, Roger Goodell would have picked him up and personally carried him across the stage because he would have been the one-one in this class. He could do it all. He could bounce it to the outside. He could run between the tackles. He can kind of pass block. He can catch the ball. He can do everything. This is a guy that could be a number one running back for years to come. Garrett, do you have anything to add? It's interesting listening to you guys talk about these two players because it's helpful for me because I'm really torn on them. I have them, not only do I have them back-to-back in my rookie rankings, but even in my dynasty overall rankings, they're back-to-back. And so I'm really struggling as to who I would take if faced with one or the other. You know, the problem I have too is this actually makes me hate Saquon Barkley. Here's why. I live in Northampton. He grew up across the bridge from me in Copley. So therefore, he was always crushing my school. Now, it was obviously after I was there. Then he goes to Penn State, and that's great. But now, he made Miles Sanders wait, who's on my team. And now Saquon plays on the Giants. So You see how like Saquon Barkley's killing me here? It's true. Do do you get it? So sell Saquon Barkley, everybody. Preferably (laughs) to me. But, uh, you know, Shevin, great points. I do love David Montgomery. I don't want anyone to think that I hate him. Obviously, we're just going fanboy here. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Garrett, you could just go ahead and say that I won that one. That's fine, and we can move on. (laughs) Oh, can I say that? (laughs) You certainly can. Um, I'll I'll tell you what. This brings us up to the main one. Uh, We have a big one. So, it seems like everybody on Twitter likes this guy. If you've never heard of him, he is a starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. His name is Baker Mayfield, who Garrett happens to be a fan of. And then there's this other guy. He is a Super Bowl champion quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. No, he's not. He didn't play. Oh, okay. So starting pitchers have no value in baseball? They didn't pitch in the World Series. They don't. I'm I'm just saying. They would have been there without him. And so I'm going to be taking the side of Carson Wentz. So, um... I guess, Garrett, you can start. Go ahead. Here's the thing, Mike. I woke up this morning feeling dangerous. Did you? I did. And so here's well, the thing. Well, Carson okay. Wentz. Let's, let, let's just start with this. It would be a debate if Carson Wentz could stay on the field. But he can't. He can't. He gets hurt. He lays on the ground. He gets mad at his teammates. His teammates talk about him not being a team player. I don't think that he can eat. Shevin, how am I supposed to how am I supposed to stop, talk with you typing that stuff? Um, so I don't I don't even think that everyone in Philly is convinced that he was the best quarterback that the Phil, uh, that the Eagles have had over the past few seasons. Whereas Baker Mayfield, number one overall draft pick, just got off a record-breaking season where he broke a guy that most people have heard of named Peyton Manning, broke his record for most touchdowns by a rookie 
in their rookie year, and he did it in 13 and a half games. He didn't even use all the games. And he did it in a season where there was a transition at head coach, transition at offensive coordinator, and he still performed like that. Oh, yeah, and on top of that, in the offseason, they made the offensive coordinator that he played really well with the head coach. And now he gets Odell, the best receiver in football, to throw passes to. I mean, I don't know that there is a better offense in football, maybe except the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, but, I mean, the, the weapons that he has at dis- his disposal, they added Kareem Hunt in the offseason. Even their backup tight end, Harris, is a great player that most people were, were stashing on their benches in Dynasty Leagues because they were hoping he would be the tight end one for some other team like Jacksonville. And the Browns signed him too. And so he has weapons on weapons on weapons. And if I've learned anything about Baker Mayfield, is that that dude has the confidence to get it done. And so I fully expect Baker Mayfield to be the significantly better fantasy quarterback this season. Well said, Garrett. I'm really glad that going 7-9-1 and one is an improvement for the Cleveland Browns. That being said, all the stuff about Carson Wentz in the locker room has been disproved. He's going to get paid a lot of money. Uh, he is pretty tough. I know he's been hurt a lot, but when you're playing with a fractured back, you're pretty damn tough. Uh, that being said, he was the number two overall selection behind some weasley little guy named Jared Goff. If he wasn't around, he probably would be a Ram right now. But that being said, there is a website that I'm on right now called Pro Football Reference. I'm not going to read anything off, but uh, appearances on leaderboards, awards, and honors. Yeah, I have to scroll down because there's so many of them. He's passed for over 10,000 yards in his career. When he runs out onto the field, it's to the Rocky theme song. His name is Carson Wentz. He's six foot five from North Dakota, and there is nobody else I would want to have quarterbacking my team. He's accurate. He's got a big arm, and they call him Houdini sometimes. Do you remember the Monday night game when everyone thought he was sacked and then all of a sudden he was 20 yards downfield? He can do things on the field that nobody else can except for Patrick Mahomes. We're not talking about him right now. And I got to tell you, the Cleveland Browns, they have a nice offense. They've also never played together. They have a lot of new components. Carson Wentz, he's got Alshon Jeffrey. He's got Zach Ertz. He has a great offensive line. Nelson Aguilar can be productive when he chooses to be. And they drafted some guy named J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, who I know you happen to love. Don't use J.J. against me. I'm using J.J. against you. I hope they trade for Alexander Madison next and just let him rot on the bench. And they can do that when they're going to be contending for the Super Bowl this year, which I wish I could say about the Browns, but I'm sorry. That division is awfully good. Who do we have to get past to get into the playoffs? The Washington Deadskins? The New York Giants? The Dallas Cowboys? Do you really think that any of these teams are going to pose a threat to the Philadelphia Eagles? The Super Bowl champion, Philadelphia Eagles? You can't say that anymore. Okay, the one-time Super Bowl champion, Philadelphia Eagles. It happened. Garrett, I love you. I love doing a podcast with you. And to all you Browns fans out there, I'm sorry it hasn't been your time yet. We finally got ours, and yours is coming. But guess what? We are not done with ours yet. Carson's the man. He's my man. If I would have had a son, his name was going to be Carson, but my wife screwed that up. So that's all I have to say. <laughs> oh, geez. I don't care if I won this debate or not. 
I love Carson Wentz. I am a Carson Wentz truther, and I will be forever. By the way, um, I see he's going to sign an extension. $30 million seems like a lot of money for anybody. Just throwing it out there. I don't even know what I would do with $30 million. So that's all I have to say. Chevin, if you want to add anything, you go right ahead. Man, you guys absolutely killed it. You guys made it tough on me, but... I think we know where uh, Baker went to college, and I got to watch him a little bit. I, I love, I love his, collusion. Uh, it's collusion. <laughs> I love what he can just bring with the leadership, man. I, I know, I know, Wentz has all that leadership ability and stuff like that, but I've seen it single handedly, and I mean, he's just an amazing player too. So, definitely gonna go with Baker. Uh, definitely love what he's got around him too. So, I mean, both these guys are great. If I have one of these guys, or both these guys on my team, I mean, I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna be upset. So, really love both these guys, but Baker definitely. Uh, definitely gets the win for me on this one well this is breaking news if you have a usb microphone the dynasty rewind is looking for new co-hosts <laughs> so just email me <laughs> i'm kidding so listen that was fun i want to do a debate again i want to do buy sell keep again i had a lot of fun with this and at the end of the day it really doesn't matter who wins we're all having fun the important thing is that you the listener win your dynasty football championship so that's why we're going to go to our next segment which would be questions once I could figure out where I put all these questions in my phone, we will get started. Okay. Uh, we're going to start with Matthew Bruning. Uh, he wants to know, Ronald Jones, I think, has a chance to be an RB2. What do you think his chances are now that it seems they are committing to him? Garrett, are you a Rojo truther? What do you think? So this is a tough one for me. I am not a Rojo truther. I was genuinely convinced that they were going to draft a running back in the first five rounds. I, I, was, I was so convinced of it. And round by round, I'm watching, and they didn't take a running back, didn't take a running back, didn't take a running back. Um, that was genuinely surprising to me. Uh, the entire draft, they did not take a running back. They did sign a couple guys uh, in, in the uh, free agency period uh, afterward, but none of them, you know, I, as much as I like Bruce Anderson – to say that you think he's day one going to be the starter over Ronald Jones, I think is is way, way too premature. Um, so it, it's hard to say that there was a bigger winner in the draft than Ronald Jones. So at this point, as much as it terrifies me, I think that you would have to pencil him in as the starter. That being said... Really over Peyton Barber? I, I mean... It's one of those scenarios where they you have to look at you have to look at draft capital, and you have to look at uh, what a player did on the field last year. Peyton Barber was fine, but there was nothing there was nothing incredible about him. Um, and so I think if if I'm in that offense, uh, one Ronald Jones is a better better receiving running back, and so I think that they're going to want their their running back to be able to to catch the football. And so I just see, I just see the, the path being laid out for Ronald Jones. All of that being said, I'm still not convinced that he will do anything with it. And so, yes, I would say as of right now, I'd have to at least consider the fact that he could be an RB2, a low-end RB2. But I'm not sold, and I'm if I'm a Ronald Jones owner, I'm absolutely gobbling up Bruce Anderson everywhere I can. Okay, Chevin, do you have anything to add to the Rojo statement? 
Yeah, here's the thing for me. Rojo better produce this season or next season. I guarantee Tampa Bay is going to pick up a running back in that amazing class. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. That is 100% facts. Uh, Rojo better tear it up this season. I'm not sure he's going to get over Peyton Barber either. So definitely going to be something that I'm pretty sure everybody's going to be watching in fantasy football to see who's going to win that job. But I'm not 100% sold on both of those guys. I mean, if Sean McCoy ends up getting cut uh, by that possibility, uh, I can definitely see Bruce Arians trying to pick him up. But uh, it's an ugly situation there. I definitely don't want that situation on my fantasy team. Okay. Uh, next question. This goes out to super fan of the Dynasty Rewind. This is Tyler Horn. He has a trade question. Garrett, it involves OBJ. So we're going to defer to you first. Okay. Right. He has Odell Beckham. Okay. He's being offered a 2021st, okay. a 2022nd. Now, we're obviously not sure where these are going to fall. So sure. um, in future picks, what I like to do is let's just say, um, based on the team that's giving these picks, from the fifth pick back okay. because he's a good team. And also Evan Ingram, all three of those things for OBJ. Uh, keep in mind, the guy who has OBJ is very competitive uh, has a good roster. Doesn't really need a lot. I don't know if any Evan Ingram would help him a whole lot. Uh, that's this one's pretty easy for me. That's a no. Um, okay. I I wouldn't sell him for that price. I've seen him go in a couple different leagues. Uh, I would want a minimum of three first round picks for Odell Beckham Jr. And so. To tell me that you're going to give me a first that will more than likely be mid to late. Uh, you're going to give me a second. And then Evan Ingram, who's probably worth, I don't know, an early second. A 2020 uh, and, second, I would say for Ingram is fair. Okay. Yeah. So somewhere in that ballpark. So, I mean, at, at this point, there's just not there's just not enough there for it to be worth it to sell me. And here's the thing with, with star players. If I'm going to be giving up the best player in the deal, I want to be overwhelmed. Even if I think it's a fair trade. And I don't think this is like an atrocious offer. I'm not saying that. Mm-hmm. But if I'm giving up the best player, I want to be overwhelmed by what I'm getting back. Because I'm not just taking a chance on a bunch of things. Because at the end of the day, as good as the 2020 class is, you're still taking a risk. By taking right. picks over a, over a proven commodity that year in and year out, on a per game basis, he is a top five wide receiver, no doubt. And so, if I'm giving up somebody like that, I want to be overwhelmed with what I'm getting. And here, I just feel like I'm, you know, you could maybe make an argument that it's close to fair, although I still don't think it does uh, look that way. I would want it to be fair and then plus a little bit. So just one more thing before we move on. Um, The owner of OBJ has been in the playoffs last two years and has kind of been hindered by OBJ missing the playoffs. Now, I think we could say different environment, different team, probably different results as far as playing time. Do you factor any of that into this trade at all? It's it's interesting. I, I struggle a little bit with what I project for OBJ. Because, yes, it's a different team. Yes, it's a different environment. Um, I think overall that's going to be a good thing for him. I know some people are worried about it being a little crowded, and, and those those concerns are valid. But at the same time, you also have 
a much better quarterback and a much more accurate quarterback throwing you the football as well. So I think all of those things will balance out. Uh, I would be shocked if he wasn't still a top five wide receiver. So I think OBJ's floor, and this is minimum for him this year, is like 1,100 yards and six touchdowns. Yeah. that He won't go any lower than that. Now, Tyler, I'm going to talk to you. Just this Dynasty Rewind host to you. Don't do the trade. If you trade OBJ to Slack, I'm going to come over to your house and punch you in the head as hard as I can. And you're taller than me, so I'm going to have to aim up a little bit. But he doesn't need any more firepower. Do not make this trade or you're out of the league. I'm commissioner to that. Um, let's move on. The next question, I'm just going to answer real quick. This is for uh, Justin at Justin Mall one Is Alex Collins worth holding on to? Nope, he's going to go to jail. Okay, so next one. Uh, Jordan Richards, fellow nerd herd writer at Chaboy Rich. How many carries is too many for Lamar Jackson? Uh, Shevin, you are our resident Lamar Jackson fan because I said so. Let's go to you on this one. Yeah, I, I like Lamar Jackson, uh, but to keep him healthy, I would like to see him probably around the 10 to 13 range. I think he can do actually some amazing things. Are you um, talking about per game now, right? Yes. Give me okay. one second. Seems like we yeah, had some dog interference. Yeah. yeah, you guys okay. talked about it for a little bit. <laughs> He's getting rid of the dog. Uh, um well, I'm just looking it up right here. He had I'm trying to look and see. Oh, passing is all the way up here. I'm sorry. Uh rushing. He had 147 rushes last year for 695 yards. So uh and that, that was over was, like eight games, right? Well, he started he appeared in sixteen. He's credited as, and he started seven. Started so, seven. okay. Yeah, I mean, that's an absurd. He, that's an absurd number. Yeah, he really didn't. His rushing average isn't that great either. It's only four point seven yards per attempt, uh, but he's coming in at forty three point four yards per game, and uh, he's averaging nine. He was averaging nine carries a game. I would keep him. That's you know I don't know why. Our boy Rich here had to do this to us. How do, how do you project that? Because you want the guy to stay healthy. He's not a great – but at the end of the day, if you're not running, he's got to throw. He's not good at throwing. So um, I would say just just ball out. Just do whatever. Just rush for 300 times a year because that's all you could really do anyway. <laughs> yeah, I think for him to be successful, he's going to have to run 10 to 15 times a game. That's just my opinion. But uh, like you said, he's not going to be the guy that's going to be throwing the ball 30 times a game either. So – He's going to have to have the ball in his hand. And you got Mark Ingram there, too, that can kind of take it off him. And you have Justice Hill there, too. So uh, definitely see Lamar Jackson running the ball, though. I mean, teams are going to figure it out sooner or later. But uh, if it's not broke, don't fix it. So I think he's still going to have those carries. Um, this next question is for Shevin. This is from Mike. What kind of dog was that barking in the background? <laughs> next question. Okay. <laughs> um this one is from JC, and he's at JJCHAIT. Okay. Redraft top five projected and who's falls shy. Uh, okay, he's got, a, he's got a couple here. So let's just start with that one. Who's your top five projected and who falls shy? Uh, just bang them out real quick. Let's start with you, Chev. So top five like being drafted, is that what he's saying? Yeah, and then uh, I guess uh, five guys that are going to get drafted high and just fall short of expectations. 
Yeah, so the top five guys are going to be Saquon, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, probably Odell will probably make his way in there. You got Zeke, and then I'm going to go with uh, McCaffrey. So those are not the same order, but uh, I think those are the five guys that you're going to want to want. Um, five guys that might not be in that projection or might fall short. Um, let's go with, I'm going to say Dalvin Cook. Because I think Alexander Madison is actually going to eat into what he's going to be doing this season. Yeah, agrees. Yeah, you know <laughs> it. Um, I don't know. Who do you guys have? I'm trying to still think of some. Um, you know, I could actually see Kamara being somewhat of a, a letdown based on what he did the past couple of years just because he's going to be the focal point now. Um, I think he could get overdrafted. I think another guy that could get overdrafted is Aaron Rodgers. Um, I think they're going to commit to running the ball a lot more. He might fall a little bit shy. Um, well, we, we haven't talked about the, the big name when we talk about these guys, and that's Todd Gurley. Uh, mm, projections you're absolutely on, right. Projections on Gurley are all over the place. There are some people that will tell you unequivocally that he is still the best running back in football, and it doesn't matter what's going on with his knees. He's still going to get all the carries. He's still going to be the man. Then you have people that are flipping out, selling him for pennies on the dollar, saying, I'm not touching him with a 10-foot pole. I won't even draft him. Like, I'm all the way out. I think I think both of those are, are a little extreme. Uh, however, that being said, I probably, and I, I think I even tweeted this out the other day, I don't know that in redraft or in a startup dynasty draft if I would feel comfortable taking him in the first round. If you want to take a flyer on him uh, in the beginning of the second round when you've already established who your cornerstone player is, then I'm fine with that. But there is just so much risk involved with Todd Gurley right now that I think there are way more safe options early on. And chances are I'm probably still trying to find another player to draft or trade out of that pick because I really don't I don't want to have to draft Gurley because for me, in the early part of my drafts, I'm looking for safety in those first three rounds or so, um, you know, give or take. I, I really want to make sure that those players hit, even if they're not, you know, ceiling plays necessarily. I want to make sure that those players hit. Then after that, take all the chances you want. I'm all about getting the upside play, but early on, I just don't want to. I just don't want to take that much of a chance. Okay. Um, so then, Chevin, we are back to. Oh man. Sorry, my my app closed out. Uh, top five QBs for the long run. Um, how about this? I'm going to give you two, and then you could fill out the rest. I'm not going to go with the obvious one. Um, I'm going to go with, I think, Andrew Luck could be a good one. He's got mm-hmm. a lot of life left in him, and I'm going to go kind of just off the wall here. A lot of people are down on him. I love me some Josh Allen. I, I love his arm. He could scramble. I, I would take him over Lamar Jackson. Chevin, could you round out too. those three for me? So top five quarterbacks. So I'm definitely going to go with Patrick Mahomes. He has to be on the list. He's a guy that can throw over 50 touchdowns and get over uh, 4,000 yards every season uh, with ease. Probably 40 touchdowns would probably be uh, where I see him most. Uh, I don't see him really hitting the 50 touchdown range maybe ever again. It's very unlikely. Uh, Then you got Baker Mayfield. He's going to be a guy that you're going to want to have your young core. Uh, he's a guy that will get you uh, the touchdowns. He's going to be a guy that's going to have great accuracy. I don't think he's going to throw that many interceptions. And then um, the last one, 
Um, let's go with Deshaun Watson. He's got a young little nucleus around him, too. He's got uh, the best wide receiver in the NFL. So I really like uh, his potential. He did have a couple injuries, but I think uh, once he stays healthy, he's going to be a guy that you're going to want to be the anchor of your team. And uh, JC, also, if you play Dynasty, which I'm assuming you do since you're listening to us, Ryan Finley for Cincinnati and Jared Stidham for New England could be good uh, taxi squad stashes. Uh, obviously, their quarterbacks are aging except for Tom Brady, but um, they could be a good start at some point. And he has one last part to this question. Can you trust any KC stud position players after what Kareem Hunt and Tyreek Hill did? Uh, I would say yes, because they are one of the better offenses in the NFL, if not the best. Stuff Kelsey, um, they're gonna they're gonna get it done. They have Miko Hardman. You know, Andy Reid's gonna find a way. What do you guys think? Yeah, I would definitely even look at Sammy Watkins. I know he's had his trouble with his feet having those surgeries, but. I think if Tyreek Hill is definitely out, uh, he's going to be a guy that's going to be uh, probably targeted pretty well in that offense uh, other than Kelsey. Not sure about Hardman yet, but I think you can kind of look to Sammy Watkins to kind of be that sneak, uh, that sleeper that you can possibly pick up later in the drafts. Yeah, I have no I issue with that. With that. Um, I think Robinson is another uh, a good late-round flyer as well. Uh, there's another guy, a wide receiver, that was an undrafted guy. I can't remember his first name, but his last name is Custis. Kind of reminds of Justice. Rhymes with Justice. Um, I think they paid him a ton of money as an undrafted free agent. So if they're paying him a lot, they must like him. So let's do this last question of the day. And this is from Andrew Carrick at Andrew Carrick. Of these five running backs. Oh, I should have read this before. Which ones are you buying and selling over the next three-year window for Dynasty owners? James Conner, Lev Bell, Darius Geis, Kareem Hunt, and Carrion Johnson. Let's start with Garrett on this one. I am probably selling the first two. Um, so that was Bell and uh, who's who's the other one? James Conner. James Conner. I think I'm selling both of those guys. Um, and then I'm buying the rest. I love Darius Geis. Um, I do like I do like Carry on Johnson, and um, shoot, who's 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 the other one on the list? Kareem. 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 Huh? Yeah, I think you can buy Kareem super cheap right now, and um, I, you know, if somebody wants a lot for him, I'm not buying him. But if you can still get him on the cheap, I think that there's a good chance that he's the starting running back for a football team next year. Agreed. Shevin. Yeah, I'm probably going to have to agree with what Garrett said. I definitely love Darius Geis. He's probably one of my favorite running backs to root for right now. I just love uh, what he does on social media and uh, all the great things he does um, in that community as well. I think I've seen a good amount of stuff on Twitter about him doing amazing things. So really really cheering for that guy. Uh, Really tough to go to your first game and have an ACL tear. I mean, how awful. I mean, he showed potential, but hopefully he can get back to where he was. Uh, as for me, I'm selling everybody but Carrion Johnson. He's really the only one I like on there. Not that I hate guys. I just heard that he's progressing slower than they wanted him to, so I'm kind of out on him at the moment. So uh, that is it for listener questions. We do have uh, – we're going to throw it back briefly with a fun NFL history fact. Shevin, do you have anything for us this week? I don't really have one, actually, so uh... – 
Nope, I don't have one at the moment. No worries. I found a nice old artifact here. Uh, Staten Island actually had a professional football team from 1929 to 1932. They were called the Stapletons. They played at Thompson Stadium in the Stapleton neighborhood of Staten Island. So I'm sure you're all very thrilled about that nice almost 100-year-old throwback. (laughs) Uh, Do you guys have anything else to add before we head on out? Nope. I think Garrett has one thing for us before we go. Yeah, for our Dynasty Rewind verse of the week, uh, we are in James chapter 1, and verses 2 through five, or two through 4 say this, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you face uh, trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And I know for me, my natural reaction when uh, I meet some type of trial or, or something doesn't go my way, uh, my first reaction isn't to be like, oh, yeah, praise God, that's great. Uh, I'm usually cussing under my breath and, uh, you know, frustrated and trying not to, like, yell at my kids. And um, But uh, scripture, scripture always proves itself to be true. Um, and and if, when we can count uh, these trials that we go through um, as joy, uh, think about it in, in terms of football because that's what we're here talking about. You know, you, you go through practice and practice sucks, but it's because of that. That's what produces you into being a good player. And so even though it sucks, if you consider it joy, if you take pride in what is happening, uh, you become much a, better, a much better athlete. Same thing in life. Garrett, you're a beautiful man and we love you because of it. So we're going to head on out. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter now at Dynasty Rewind. That is the official podcast Twitter. And where can we follow you again, Shevin? At Shevin Nooney, C-H-E-V-I-N-N-O-O-N-E. Yeah, you might want to change that to something easier, man. I'm just going to throw know, it out there. <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, I have my, my PS4 name is ChevBoyRD, so I kind of like that. I but do like that we'll one. We'll see. I don't know. You know what? I like that one. It's catchy. And Garrett, where can we follow you? At Dynasty Price. And I am at dmbauer85. So remember, until next week, be kind, please rewind. We'll see you, everybody.